Hi everyone, my name is Hadra. I am a teen subscription pack intern at the Ypsilanti District Library and I'm so excited to be unboxing the March pack for you guys. To give some context, the March pack is uplifting marginalized voices. Um, the initial ideas for this pack came from a time that was really frustrating and scary for us. Um, it was around the time of the tragic Oxford High School shooting and there are a lot of incidences of racism and hate that were just plaguing our community and making it hard for us to live everyday life. I remember um, having this conversation with a lot of the other interns about the changes that were happening in school from being spoken to about safety to all the, the random, you know, drills that were going on. All of it was just a lot and especially seeing it hit so close to home. Um, I definitely recommend giving our flyer a read-through. It can give you a better idea of our thoughts behind this pack. Um, it has instructions for some of the, the DIY components and just information about free resources and who we are as interns. Um, our next item is a little DIY keychain. It'll be inside this small little plastic cup. Um, we have a little keychain hoop, the actual chain ring. And the little end part, it's a little tassel. It's really cute. We have two packs of Skittles. Um, I hope you guys like that. We all love Skittles. And we have two items that surround autism awareness. So first we have our autism awareness crunchy. And for this month, we are so excited to have partnered with Love Michael. They are a nonprofit 501c3 organization that employs um, the autistic population and gives them culinary jobs. Their granola is gluten-free, made by the autistic community, and has organic ingredients. So every, every I guess, bag of granola that you buy, you know directly supported this community and uh, provides them meaningful jobs and allow, like, empowers them to, you know, advance their career and explore their interests. And I don't know, I'm just so excited to have partnered with them. Um... Their granola is really, really good. It has oats and cranberries and raisins. Um, it meets a lot of dietary needs. Uh, it's organic, gluten-free, vegan, non-GMO, dairy-free, all of that. So I hope you guys enjoy that. Honestly, it's so excited to be working with another meaningful organization. We have some bracelet thread, and I believe there's a QR code inside the flyer to help you guys figure that out. But you can make DIY friendship bracelets to support a cause. Um, we have a, we have some pencils for every, that say every voice matters. We have stickers that are surround kindness and some temporary tattoos as well. And I believe that is all for our March pack. Hello everyone. Um, my name is Aisha. I am one of the teen interns at the library as well as an intern at Love Michael. And today I have the privilege to talk to Mark who works at Love Michael. So um, to start off, I just want to allow him to talk, um, to tell us a little bit about what Love Michael is. Saisha, I'm, I'm happy to be here. Uh, so my name is Mark Biondi. I'm with an organization called Love Michael. Uh, and Love Michael is a granola bakery uh, headquartered in New York City. We're a nonprofit 501c3. And we focus on training, educating, and employing autistic adults and helping to improve their lives beyond the lives of uh, 
their parents. So uh, many organizations that focus on autism tend to focus on autistic children, which is beautiful. Um, however, not a lot of uh, focus on the adult autistic community. And there's unique challenges there, and we're adults much longer than we're, we're children. So uh, Love Michael was formed in 2015 um, and inspired by Michael Caceres, a uh, young autistic man. Now Michael's 23 years old, and his family uh, realizing that once, um, you know, once Michael was going to graduate from, from school, you know, what was the next um, step in, in his career? Where would Michael work? And um, Michael had been volunteering at his church's kitchen and showing a real love of cooking. And his mom, our founder, Dr. Lisa Liberatore, thought, well, Michael could have a career in the culinary arts. And uh, she went to find some training for him. Uh, and no one would accept Mike um, based on the fact that Michael was autistic at the time. And, and uh, so um, she just said, look, if this is an issue for my son, it's going to be issue, an issue for others. You know, maybe we could find a way to uh, to support this community because employment is a major issue. So if you don't, maybe not familiar, 90% of the community, the adult autistic community is either unemployed or underemployed, basically fueled by um, that after 22 years old, you're not able or eligible to participate in state funded education programs. So you essentially kind of, they call it falling off the cliff and it's a really tough time. It feels like the community is almost pushed into a life of isolation. And um, so it's a, it, it can be a really tough time for the family. So Dr. Lisa was aware of this and kind of, you know, seeing where Mike was in his life said, well, maybe we could create a program and actually build what does not exist. And uh, that's what exactly what she did. She um, partnered up with a chef, and the chef started to give Michael some one-on-one -on -one cooking lessons and very quickly uh, came up with a recipe for granola, which is what we make at Love Michael. And it happened to be a great platform to teach kitchen readiness and preparedness uh, to the autistic population. Had lots of different ingredients to identify and measure and mix, and also um, it was very safe. There's no knives in the process, and it could be done in a group. So um, Dr. Lisa thought, well, if this is you know helping my son, it could definitely help others. Um, let's start a little home-based business. And that's kind of how Love Michael started, kind of right in their own kitchen. And then they moved to a shared kitchen space and it began to grow uh, because so many families were facing this issue. So uh, we at Love Michael, the way we, we, we set this up is it's a real job. Like no better way to teach someone to have a job than to actually give them one. So that's what our program is. Uh, all of our team members, you'll hear us reference ourselves as Grenologists, a word that we invented. We're very proud of that. You can Google it. Um, uh, all of the grenologists make at least $15 an hour and up, and then they're learning to uh, take and pass their state food handler's license exam. So they can go off and work in any kitchen. And, and that's really how Love Michael started. Kind of went down that very traditional path of we're going to make some granola, sell some granola, and that will support the program. But we realized very quickly that you know, we weren't going to be able to sort of compete as a big granola brand um, without making way too many compromises in what we're really about, which is creating this environment to teach um, and to prepare uh, our team of granologists sort of for the world of work.
So we like to think of Love Michael's Kitchen as sort of a springboard and a safety net. So learning the skills, potentially granologists go off and maybe work in another kitchen. And if that works out, fantastic. And, and we can continue to support uh, that individual in any way. But if it doesn't work out, they could always come back to Love Michael and it's sort of our door is always open to them. And that got us thinking, Aisha, a little bit about what we were doing at the time. And so um, I'd love to sort of share how what we were doing um, in in the in the kitchen, um, maybe some of the benefits that we that we were seeing, and and uh, and and I, I kind of get into that as we go. But as an overview, you know, really love Michael's focus is solely around training, educating, uh, employing, and improving the, the lives of uh, the community. And we do that in a, in a variety of ways. So hopefully that gives you a pretty good uh, overshot of what we're, uh, we're doing here at the bakery. Yeah, for sure. Um, can you tell us a little about, about your experience working with the granologist? Absolutely. So, uh, you know, the, the team is just like the most amazing, wonderful people um, and and it's really an honor to to work alongside, uh, and that's really how um, we view everything. Is this is a completely neurodiverse um, work environment, so we work together, and um, and we get a chance to share our gifts and talents with one another. And so uh, my experience uh, has been, you know, an opportunity to learn from the team. Uh, you know, I've been here since 2020, uh, and I got to I get a chance to when I you know go into the kitchen um, to have some of our senior granologists show me how um, how to make the granola, and uh, and it's wonderful to um, to have uh, a sense of mentorship uh, in in the workspace. So. We don't really look at it as in autistic, non-autistic. It's just we're a team, and we work together, and we help one another um, uh, to achieve the mission. So the experience for me has been one where I love my coworkers, uh, and um, we have, uh, I think, a great system in place to, um, to support one another uh, in the ways that everyone needs to be supported in the workplace. So my experience has been extremely positive and, um, and I've learned, uh, I've learned a lot. Yeah, that's great that you guys are able to create that bond. Um, is there anything you want others to know about being a good ally for the autistic community or if there's like tips or anything else you want to share? Yeah. I mean, I think the whole thing, the, the main thing is to to listen to the autism community um, and what I believe to be good citizens in the world is to to care for one another um, and to understand that every person has their uh, gifts um, and every person has their need for support uh, in different ways and we just have to become more understanding of one another uh, not in a way that makes you something so special because you uh, care for your fellow uh, citizens of the world. Um, so I think it's about uh, understanding and empathy and going into treating everyone uh, 
uh, and I'm being really specific in the way I'm saying this because I think often folks might, you know, be a part of a, you know, program where they go into it because it makes them feel uh, like they've done their good deed for the day and then they go about their life. But I don't think that's what it's really about. I think what I'd like people to realize is um, there is a, you know, autism today is impacting one in 44 uh, kids being born. Uh, and, uh, and that means that when you start thinking about it, um, autistic individuals are, um, it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's growing, right? There's, there's many folks out there and so um, it's up to everyone to get themselves educated uh, about it and to um, approach every interaction with every person with love and kindness. Um, and that's what I hope people learn and that's really part of what um, our mission has sort of transcended our bakery. I'll talk a little bit more about that uh, as we go on, but um, it is about educating like we should educate ourselves um and then in that and we should get that education from the autism community um so that we're uh just more understanding and um and better allies and partners to the community yeah for sure and um how can others help yeah so so really for uh for us you know when we went through the pandemic um prior to the pandemic so we you know we have a big couple bakery spaces in new york city and prior to the pandemic sometimes student volunteers would need community service hours and they would come to the bakery and they'd sort of help out in various ways and you know it was it was a it was nice and it was it was great but when the pandemic hit and we could no longer get uh you know in person wasn't really an option it forced us to rethink everything that we were doing. And and uh, when we looked at our volunteer program, we just happened to say, well, what, what are our volunteers going to do now? And once we said that, we thought, well, what could they do? And actually, are there ways that they might be able to help us in a bigger way? And uh, and in the pandemic, we created a, a virtual volunteer program. So students across the world can actually volunteer with Love Michael and their work uh, that they do, I think has, uh, I, I, not I think it has, it has, it's having this massive impact on, uh, a much larger footprint, uh, than we were able to do before. So I mentioned we, we're preparing the team for the world of work. And I, I talked about Love Michael as a springboard and a safety net in the sense that it's a, you know, if it didn't work out at a job, someone could always come back to Love Michael. And, um, what we realize is that the reason why things maybe didn't work out is because the work environment that the person went into maybe didn't understand autism all that well and was not a great experience for the individual. And so we realized that, yes, preparing the team for the world of the work, it's really half the equation. The other side is uh, you have to prepare the world uh, for the autistic population in the sense that maybe we could help educate them and maybe our volunteers could help that. So we've launched a program. You can find out about it on lovemichael.com. Uh, and we have a, a virtual volunteer program whereby student volunteers, high school and college age students can volunteer, uh, earn their community service hours advocating for autism acceptance. So it's a very simple process. Uh, they attend one of our information calls, kind of get to meet a little bit of the team. You go through 
uh, a little bit of the story of Love Michael and the mission at hand, and then our volunteers actually receive an education about being an ally to the autism community in a super, I think, engaging way. Um, and then they're asked to actually go and start to advocate and share that amongst their circle. So we're educating teenage and high school and and college age volunteers about being an ally to the autism community, giving them the opportunity to advocate on behalf of the autism community and sort of share that information so that people become more educated about what's happening in the autism community. And through that, Aisha, what's happened is those individuals are now creating so much more awareness about what Love Michael's doing that those uh, folks that they're talking to are visiting uh, the the uh, the student volunteers will have a campaign that they run for us, and folks are coming back and they're saying, "Oh, I love this this cause, um, and I want to support it." And they actually make a donation to Love Michael, which helps the charity move forward. The nice piece about that is, if somebody makes a donation to us, it sends a signal back to our bakeries. And then our team hand makes the person granola and hand writes them a thank you card and we ship it to them uh, as a thank you. So that person really gets this, you know, experience to say, hey, what what you're helping here is um, there's, you know, you sort of have this tangible, um, you know, representation of what uh, the support that you've given, which is which is really beautiful. And it actually echoes all the way back to the beginning of the story when I mentioned that. Michael was making the granola sort of in his house uh, when he was having his lessons and um, and Michael and his mom decided that they were making the granola and they, were, they said what, what, what are we going to do with it um, we should give it away to family and friends and Mike Mike would do that uh, as, as a little symbol of you know just gratitude so he's giving away his thank yous he would sign his name love Michael and they thought that was a great name for the organization and so to come full circle now um, we are now using the, the product, I would say, almost exclusively as a thank you to um, the thousands and thousands of people now who have learned a little bit about being an ally to the autism community and then taken that step to support the cause and, um, and they receive that granola as a symbol of our appreciation uh, for them taking the time to understand this is an important mission. So it's really cool to see it come full circle and um, really any student in the world uh, can participate simply by visiting lovemichael.com and we'll send you some information to join us on a call. We would, you know, love to have as many volunteers as possible, especially as we enter uh, sort of the back half of the school year, back uh, third of the school year right now uh, and uh, into the summer. Uh, we would love to to pick up some more volunteers and um, and share this experience with as many people as possible. Uh, currently today, too much to our surprise because we didn't really know what to expect. But today, uh, Love Michael has over sixteen thousand volunteers from forty countries around the world, and uh, they've advocated to over five hundred thousand people. Um, and we're just getting started, so. Uh, Hopefully that gives you the uh, the full story, Aisha. Really appreciate the opportunity to kind of get in uh, a moment with you and uh, appreciate uh, all the amazing work that you've done to support this organization and um, appreciate a chance to uh, to be on the podcast today and, and tell our story. Yeah, thank you so much for your time. And I can definitely attest to how like, fulfilling the volunteer program is. I was a volunteer 
Earl of Michael. And I think it's just amazing being able to do this form of advocacy. And it's definitely a really rewarding experience seeing your impact. Um, and then for all our listeners, once again, um, whether you're in Washington County or wherever you live, you can visit lovemichael.com to become a volunteer. And love is spelled L-U-V. And I just want to thank Love Michael because this uh, the granola in this month's team pack has been donated by them and made by the granologists. So thanks again for that. You got it. You got it. Thanks, Aisha. Appreciate your time today. Thank you. Hi, guys. Uh, my name is Sophie. My pronouns are they, them. Um, and today I'm going to be talking with Amelia about some good tips for being a good ally when it comes to uplifting marginalized voices. So like an ally is someone who like consider like aligns themselves or like supports a certain group of marginalized people. So like you can be like an ally of like the LGBT plus community, like even if you're not necessarily like part of it, like you still support them and like their rights or like you can support the Black Lives Matter movement and like not be black and like that would make you an ally just kind of going to go through and maybe give you some pointers if you're like new to allyship and you kind of just you know like don't really know how it works or like how to support groups of like marginalized people um or like we'll, we'll give you some some do's and don'ts just to start you out and like I don't have a degree in like I don't know race or gender theory or anything I'm just a person who did some research on the internet so yeah just like to preface that but um but in my reading I um discovered that research is one of um is something that's really important if you want to become part of um like any type of like rights movement you know um just kind of reading up on the history of the group that you're looking to support or be a part of is really important before you get involved in like um uh, movement or something just being informed is kind of the biggest thing and like educating yourself but I just want to add how like sometimes researching about um, these sort of topics do take time it's not something you can like gather all right away sometimes it takes like people are still researching to like understand and like like the different concepts and stuff so don't expect that you'll get like a direct answer from google about how to support necessarily or um, yeah, just how to support and be a good ally because there's so many different ways to be a good ally and there's just not like one specific answer to it. So um, definitely researching is important, but also um, keep in mind that it does take time um, and people um, support others in many different ways. And like maybe the way one person supports um, is completely different from how you might support something. So that's yeah. also important. I guess I would also, like, I'm thinking as we're talking about this, um, like, if you want to learn more about a movement or, like, support groups, like, don't put it all on, like, your one friend who's, like, gay or Black or whatever to explain to you, like, LGBT or, like, Black history, like, be like, tell me everything, like, how do I be, you know, like, mm -hmm. that's kind of just unfair, and I think a lot of times people who want to be good allies need to, like, kind of initiate educating themselves like you know themselves so 
um, that's just something to kind of keep in mind. And like everyone's different and some people are comfortable with questions, but just make sure that you're kind of like not putting it on other people to help you like, I don't know, solve racism or whatever, because that's a lot. Yeah, I agree. Even if you're not like putting it on one person and you're just like Googling and putting it all on like one like website, I guess, is also important because you want to like make sure that you're branching off into like different methods in different ways. So don't always just target one area and just set yourself there because there's so many other like um, information from other places that you can get from that too. Like the biggest thing would be to, if you're going to say something, whether it's positive or negative, make sure you have information to back it up yeah make sure then you're just gonna look ignorant even like even if you're saying something good you're gonna look ignorant and if you're saying something bad you're gonna look even more ignorant so just make sure there's information to back up whatever you say yeah we um the next thing that is like really really important and i think people kind of get this wrong a lot is that you shouldn't practice performative allyship and that basically means that like you shouldn't post things that saying that you support certain movements or like I don't see it's like a weird it's like a fine line you know like if you're like trying to bring awareness like you know like come to this rally that we're having to like support this movement or like please like here's a link to a place where you can donate to like support the people who are struggling in these situations like I feel like that's sort of different because you're like using social media as a means to like raise money or raise awareness about like an event or something but in general if you're just posting something like like changing your profile picture to like a black square to support the black lives matter movement like that doesn't really actually do anything to help you know like black people not be murdered by police exactly like it's no like it's more for like your own personal like moral promotion like trying to be like look like i'm a good person because like my profile says this or whatever like i think that's kind of what they're talking about like don't don't do that like if you're doing something that's actually helping like promote an event or like leading people to a place where they can donate money or like volunteer or something i feel like that's okay but just make sure that you're not posting things or like putting a like bml whatever like in your bio just to like make yourself look good because that's like taking advantage of marginalized people to promote your own self-righteousness which is bad there's a lot of people especially in ann arbor who do that and it's like it comes from a place of like them wanting to have a moral high ground on situations especially like people who post something about like famines in uganda or something on their instagram story but then you never see them actually do anything about it and a lot of people say it's about raising awareness but you're not exactly like you you are raising a bit of awareness but from from that post what are you going to do about it what are any of us going to do about it unless you're actually trying to do something about it not just talking about it i don't know if that made sense but like yeah yeah i get what you're saying especially when like 
people only post about that certain topic for when it's like quote unquote trending because that's when like everyone else is doing it so then you do it too but then that's the only time you ever talk about it and then once that like again trend is over you stop talking about it and you don't talk about it ever again that's another like what like I guess example of performative allyship but yeah so. mm-hmm. it's like you know like the rights of other human beings to just be themselves shouldn't be like a fad you know mm-hmm. like, yeah you like when we just kind of bring attention to it when it's like popular or whatever that that's kind of like what's happening so yeah um what else yeah I think honestly the majority of like what being a good ally is is just showing up in like certain situations that call for it like even just really small things in conversations like if you hear someone say something that's like actually kind of racist or like if you hear someone say like the gay f word or whatever you can just be like yo man that's not cool like don't do that if it's safe of course like i'm I think this is important to know because sometimes you are in a situation where like you're talking with someone or you're with like a relative who's like bigger than you or like you know has like weapons or something or like they're like very like mentally unstable and you like it would be dangerous for you to kind of say something like that but in like low stakes situations like where if you're like with a friend where you trust and they just say something that's kind of perpetuating like you know like racism or like homophobia or something like that just kind of being like hey man like let's use a different word or like not good to use like that type of language or something you know yeah and I think um what you're kind of getting at Sophie is with the idea of like getting comfortable with being uncomfortable of course when it's like safe and you're in a safe environment to do that because a lot of these topics are kind of hard to talk about like in the first place and especially when you're like I don't want to like like the example you use like you're correcting someone who's like older than you or like someone like a family relative it's kind of like hard to have those conversations especially with someone you're close to because um, especially if they're older with you they think they're like more wiser and stuff like that but realistically it's something you kind of like have to correct them with even if it's like something that seems odd considering that you're like the younger one in this situation or something yeah and I think also with like getting uncomfortable, getting comfortable with being uncomfortable, I think that also applies like to you too. And like being okay with kind of acknowledging when you make mistakes or maybe like you make a joke that's like not appropriate or like if like language or something that you used to use, you find out that it's like, whoa, like that's not okay to use or like that's hurtful. Like I think being open-minded and kind of gentle with yourself because you know you're you're a human you're gonna make mistakes and like I feel like sometimes what's I don't know what we consider like appropriate or like culturally appropriate like changes a lot and so it's okay for you to be like you should be making adjustments constantly and like that's a learning process so you should be very gentle with yourself um, and also know that like it's okay to make mistakes and just because maybe once you accidentally make you know like a racist comment or something or like something that kind of perpetuates something that's like not appropriate or hurtful that doesn't mean that you're a bad person you just you know made a mistake and like it's important to acknowledge when you make mistakes and to like 
you know, correct them and try not to repeat them in the future. But like, everybody makes mistakes and is human. So like, it's just a thing that's got Yeah, I also just want to add on to like what you said about how like, it's completely different if you like, because like you said, everyone's like learning and then like correcting their own mistakes. Like you said, we all make mistakes, but it's different if you um, make a mistake, like call someone a racial slur, but like, you know, you're like, you're doing it purposefully. Like, you know, like the meaning of that word versus like calling someone that. And then later on, you realize what it actually means. So that's also important. It's like the difference between the two. For sure. Yeah, there's like, it's hard. There's a fine line sometimes. I think it's also difficult a lot of times to know who is and isn't like a lost cause when it comes to a lot of this stuff because, you know, you you have friends or family who maybe, I don't know, say things that aren't appropriate or like perpetuate negative stereotypes. And sometimes people be like, oh, okay, like, cool like I'll keep that in mind or like try not to say this anymore but some people are just kind of like jerks I don't know (laughs) I don't know or like they they intend to be hurtful and it's a lot harder to like reach those kinds of people so I guess also in your journey as like being an ally just know that it's not necessarily your job to like fix everybody I, I think is really important and like that's a lot to put on yourself to be like I'm going to completely rehabilitate like my extremely racist uncle or whatever like that's that's hard and like you probably can't do it because they're just very very set in their ways and like mean to be hurtful so like don't I guess don't be too hard on yourself if you can't enlighten everybody if that makes sense. Oh, and okay, so the um the last thing that's kind of on our like, you know, list of tips here is listen and make space, um, which I think is really important. And what that means basically is that instead of like, I think the most important thing that you can do as an ally is give people from marginalized groups like a voice to kind of promote like their own movements or to say what they need to say or like kind of bring awareness to like their art or forms of expression or their work. I think this basically means that if you're in a position of privilege, like the main thing that you should be doing aside from like, you know, calling people out within like your own spheres for like behavior that's like not completely cool is that you should also use like you're if you're in a position of power you should use it to like uplift other people's voices and give them a platform to like you know express themselves and talk about kind of the issues that like con- concern them I guess and that they're trying to like work towards like if that makes sense or, like, yeah okay yeah I just want to add how like Um, if you do have privilege like don't diminish that fact it's not like it's a bad thing if you have privilege and others don't it's about how you use that privilege and like Sophie was saying by using that privilege to um, support others that's really important too because um, how you use that privilege in order to uplift others who are underprivileged is really important rather than using the fact that you have that and bringing others down is just yeah this is an on the list but I think when you're being an ally it's also important to acknowledge that you're like 
privileged a lot of times because I think kind of talking about like the the dynamics that we have in our society and how it's set up is a big part of kind of like changing how it works systemically like if that makes sense so like yeah check your privilege (laughs) yeah (laughs) I definitely agree because there have been times where I've seen people like not like they how do I explain this they um they say they don't have privilege like I guess like they're embarrassed to have privilege I guess we can say but it's not a bad thing to have it really it's it's just it's just how you use it honestly so acknowledging that you have privilege is a good like step towards being a good ally especially because you can use that privilege to help others so definitely don't like be embarrassed that you have privilege but use it in a good way to help others yeah I will say like guilt necessarily for like something that you don't really have control over be it like I don't know being white or like having money or something like feeling bad about that doesn't actually help anybody or like solve any of the issues that we're kind of working towards like it just kind of makes you like the center of stuff and that's not that's not what it's about so like I guess yeah like you're saying like it's it's okay to like be those things or have those things but it's also important to acknowledge that like that kind of gives you a one-up on some level in life but yeah I feel the same way I get annoyed with people who like literally buy shoes for fun and they're like my family's not that rich (laughs) like I don't I'm not I'm poor I don't have any money it's like no stop stop understanding and having empathy for other people is important um and treating everyone with respect don't approach it like you're doing a good deed and can feel good um just make it about like treating people like people and that doesn't there's a fine there has to be a balance okay because like I think it is important to acknowledge that people are like I think colorblindness like for example is really harmful or like when people say like I don't care if you like boys or girls or like make it out with animals like that's weird (laughs) sorry that took me off guard (laughs) people people say stuff like that it's so weird but I think it's important to acknowledge like the diversity within our culture and people's differences and kind of like meet them where we're at and be aware of our own implicit biases and like the biases that exist within like our systems of like government and like community um, but it's also important not to just be like, I don't know, like weirdly extra nice to like black people or whatever. Like that's that's just like don't other people, like if that mm-hmm. makes sense. Like othering is kind of when you separate someone from yourself in like a really weird way or like treat them differently. I guess so like treat people equally but also acknowledge that they're different from you but like not too different like I don't know it's weird it's like a just uh, treat people like people bro like yeah like if you see someone as like like you see you see a black person you go out of your way to be nice to them just because they're black that's kind of weird don't do that because that's just no just treat them like a normal person bro at the end of the day we are just normal people trying to live our lives just like just let it be man yeah I think 
this also goes back to like performative allyship, but when you are trying to, so like you're just, you're trying to be a decent person, right? Like just be nice to people and make sure when you're doing something that's like, that you mean to be nice and supportive, that it's meant to help like the other person and not necessarily just to make you feel good, like if that makes sense. Yeah. Another thing I just want to mention is how you talked about colorblindness and how like if I, if anyone like listening doesn't know colorblindness is basically like um, how do I explain this? Like you see someone, you're like, oh, I don't see, I don't color. see color. I'm treating everyone's the same. Yeah. yeah, I don't see race. Basically like that. That like Sophie said, I feel like that is a lot more harmful because you're not acknowledging the fact that like we're all different and then like systemically we're like treated differently basic I don't know if that made sense did I just say that correctly being complicit in the racist or like homophobic systems that you are a part of perpetuates the issue so Mm -hmm. like I know a lot of people think like I this is why sometimes I get really frustrated when I meet people who are like apolitical or whatever they're like yeah I just don't get involved in politics or like I just stay out of those issues and like that doesn't make me a bad person like I'm not like going to KKK rallies or anything so like it's cool but like letting that happen or like not not saying something about it or trying to or like acknowledging that a problem exists makes it continue and a lot harder to address if like we as a society are not 100% addressing it together if that makes sense yeah I I totally agree like if you like with the color blindness or like if you're saying like I'm not with either side I'm just gonna like stay silent that's still a choice and that's also like another reason why it's harder to address these issues because no one's speaking up about it and we're all basically like ignoring the problem by saying I don't see color or like basically that idea too yeah this is like an extreme circumstance but think of it this way like if you witness a murder and you just don't say anything about it like and like no one else saw it like just you like that murder is still out there like murdering people so if you don't say something about it and people can't start to like track the murderer down so they don't like kill other people that's a problem and like you are part of the problem by like not saying something about that if that analogy makes a little more sense no, I, I, I actually really like that analogy. It's like, I mean, <laughs> at first I was a bit confused where this was going, but like, I, it was a bit extreme, but I, I actually like that analogy because you, you know that these things are happening, but by staying silent, you're basically allowing it to continue, even though you do have a voice to change something about that, which is basically the idea with addressing these problems in our society as well. So I think that was a really good analogy. Be an upstander, not a bystander. Like if you witness something going on and again it's safe for you to say something about it like please do like yeah and another thing about like like making sure you're safe to say about it because I remember we were talking about how like if you're in an unsafe circumstance and you don't say anything about it that doesn't make you like not an ally you just have to also like make sure you're protecting yourself and staying safe in a way that others around you are safe as well so even if you aren't able to speak up about it because you're in an unsafe environment by doing so that doesn't like make you less of an ally than you already are yeah and I think definitely like in terms of 
you know, like reporting when you like witness something harmful or whatever, or just certain situations. Like I think everyone's different and you should really kind of follow the lead of like the marginalized person who has been like harmed in a certain instance. Like if they want to report it or like they don't want to report it or if like they want to talk about it, like you talk about it with them. But if they don't want to talk about it, like you should respect that. So it's kind of like following the lead of like the people that these like movements surround, like if that makes sense. Because everyone's different. Yeah, I guess I also just wanted to say really quickly in terms of like, especially when it comes to um, like things within like the LGBT like Q plus community, like pronouns or like how people like present themselves. I think it's okay to kind of be like uncomfortable with things that are different from you as long as you're not like making your discomfort their discomfort like if that if that makes sense but like it's okay to kind of feel weird like oh well this person that I've known my whole life like is presenting as a different gender now or like they want to use like different pronouns and like that's hard for me to kind of like get used to or whatever like that's it's okay to have those feelings you know but it's it's important to be supportive and again like not make your discomfort other people's discomfort but like again like it's okay to give yourself some grace in terms of getting used to people like presenting differently or like coming out or something like you know it, it's a change for everyone so it's okay well we picked this pack like this theme for this pack this month because the the people that we work with in our group, like our intern pool is very, very diverse. Like we're all different ages, like races, cultures, genders, sexualities, like there's a vibrant rainbow of diversity within our workspace and it's amazing. And yeah, we just, we thought it was important because these are like a lot of issues that we kind of try to address within our workspace, um, but also like in the other paths that we do like a lot of the books we pick like we try to make them like diverse and stuff so like I don't know people <laughs> I'm like totally messing up but like no no, no you're doing good yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah like yeah like that's just one example but like a lot of the books that we pick have like main characters who aren't necessarily just like cisgender white males or females or whatever like we try to pick people from um, like books with that kind of tackle it like I know we've had a lot of books that kind of focus on like native people which I think is pretty cool um we've also included the same a lot because um as teens I think it's important that we speak up about this because sometimes because we're like part of the younger generation people like diminish our like ideas and opinions about real life topics because we're not like old enough but that's obviously not true because I feel like as long as like you educate yourself and like actively um participate and like make yourself acknowledge about these issues you you're free to have like an opinion or an idea about it and no one should like um like I don't know how to say this like diminish like what what you're thinking about this because we all have a voice to like speak up about these issues yeah we just we want to provide a safe space for people to like be able to kind of have these conversations or like starting points like this 
I, I like this pack in particular because I feel like it encompasses a lot of the stuff that we've been working on. Like we've had like a racial justice pack and like a LGBT like pride pack and like a Juneteenth pack. And like, yeah, I think our goal with this is to not only address like mental health issues, but to start important conversations about issues that are important to the youth because like, we are the next generation of people who are going to be running the country and like deciding how stuff goes and if we want to change things then like we need to start talking about what needs to be changed you know so like i don't know we're just we're trying to create a safe space where people can start to share those ideas with one another and like be supported like we want people to be heard and we want them to feel seen this is I actually I mean I'm not going to talk about myself forever but like one of the reasons why I want to be like a librarian really bad is because I feel like books are just so powerful and that when you see someone who's like struggling with the same things that you are or who looks like you or sounds like you or likes the same kinds of people that you do and like especially if you live in a place where like you don't always see that like getting to like read that in a book is super cool and it makes your feelings feel like that and your experiences feel validated and so yeah but I think I think the stuff that we're doing is really cool and it's it's all for you guys like we want you to feel seen and heard and you know have a safe space to just be yourself and talk about issues that are important to you this has been an episode of tag make sure you follow us on instagram at ipsy library teens also make sure you're on the lookout on our website ipsylibrary.org subscription packs that's where there'll be content involving the packs themselves new information about the podcast and promotional videos where you may be able to see some behind the scenes stuff about the podcast and the creation of the packs themselves again this has been tag i hope you enjoy have a good day